Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Last week, uh, I began the series and, and I talked about our words matter. And we drill down into Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to drill down there again this week. We're going to kind of go a different direction, and then we're going to look at Proverbs 26. So my first point this morning is words have weight, good and bad. Uh, Let's look at Proverbs 18.21. This is going to be our core scripture for this series. And and, uh, the writer of Proverbs says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap. The consequences. So if those of us that like to talk a lot, we can be speaking words of life or we can be speaking words of death. And so it's a choice that we make. Uh, Let's look at Matthew chapter 12, 33 through 37. And and again, I know we looked at this last week, but I want to go a different direction this week with it. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. So consider that the tree represents our heart and that the fruit is our mouth. So if our heart is good, the things that are going to be coming from our mouth are going to tend to be good. Let's read on here in Matthew 12, 34. And this is Jesus talking and he's he's talking to the religious leaders and he says he calls them a brood of snakes. He says, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? Because their hearts were evil. Their hearts were wicked. Their hearts were hardened toward the Lord. And uh, many religious leaders back then, their hearts were hardened. And unfortunately, I think sometimes even today, some people that are Christians or leaders, their hearts are hardened. And so last week, we looked at this, this um, passage of Scripture, and we talked about Jesus warning the Pharisees the religious leaders against blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because they accused him of casting out demons by the power of Satan. And he said, you better be careful. He said that uh, any word spoken against the Son of Man, any word spoken against Jesus will be forgiven, but speaking against the Holy Spirit is not forgivable. And so we talked about that last week. And so if you missed last week's sermon, uh, go back and podcast that or watch that online. But their hearts were hard and wicked. And so Jesus was dealing, when Jesus was dealing with people, generally he was dealing with their heart. It's a heart issue. And, you know, they wanted to, these Pharisees, these religious leaders wanted to murder Jesus for healing a man. That doesn't sound very godly, does it? So let's read on. In Matthew 12, 9. Then Jesus went, now we're backing up from where we were, so Back up to Matthew 12, 9. Then Jesus went over to their synagogue. You notice the synagogue was a place where they were to come and worship the Lord. But he went over to their synagogue, to the religious leaders, because I don't think God was there. <laughs> I don't think he was present. And so he goes there where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees, verse 10, the Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? See, they considered healing on the Sabbath. They, they added so many laws to the Ten Commandments. It was binding people up. And so they were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. 
So Jesus answered them and he said, If you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. He doesn't even give them time to answer because he knows the answer to that question. He knows that they are trying to trap him. He knows that their hearts are hardened. That if they had a sheep or, or an animal that fell into a ditch, they would work to pull it out. But yet, they didn't like the fact that he was healing this man's hand. And then he, he says to the man, he, he, he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. Here God was doing a miracle in front of these guys. Let's look at the next scripture. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Their hearts were hardened. I bet if it was their hand that was deformed, they, they would maybe give a little on healing on the Sabbath. If it was their child, if it was their spouse, if it was someone that they loved. You know, we don't know all the background of what was going on there. And obviously, I wasn't a disciple uh, back then. If I would have been, I think I would have said, hey, Jesus, why don't you let this guy's hand be deformed, this religious leader's hand, and tell him to come back in a couple of weeks, not on the Sabbath, and you'll heal him. That's just me. Okay, I know that's not very Christian-like, but... <laughs> <laughs> say what <laughs> yeah. okay that's probably why I wasn't a disciple back then but the, the point is their hearts were hardened toward people Jesus came that we would be restored back into this relationship with, with God and, and, and yet the Pharisees were doing things that would hinder people from coming to the Lord that would hinder people from getting healed Let's go back to Matthew 12, 34. Jesus again is saying, You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So whatever is in our heart is determining what we will say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Verse 36, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day of every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Their hearts were revealed by their words, but not only their words, by their actions too. Because again, the problem is much greater than our words. It's a heart issue. And so we talk about this intimate relationship with the Lord where we come into his presence and we say, Lord, fix my broken, messed up life. Start in my heart. Words coming from our heart will acquit us or condemn us. Did you steal that car? No, I did not steal that car. Acquitted. Did you steal that car? Yes, I stole that car. Condemned. But it's not just the words that we say. It's the actions. The condition of our heart will be more than words alone. It will lead and establish our actions too. Because the things that we're saying are, are a reflection of what's in our heart. And the things that are in our heart are going to be the things that we're going to do. I have, I have it in my heart to stop at Specs and pick up a fifth of whiskey on the way home. That's where it begins, where you begin to think about those things. Or I'm going to go over there and pick up a bag of weed. Or I'm going to do something 
that's, that's not healthy for me or for my marriage. Or we can also say, you know what, I'm going to call and encourage someone. So it all begins up here. It's really a matter of our heart. What's in our heart and what are we wanting to do? And so when we come into this relationship with Jesus, our hearts are changed. And it's a, it's a process. It's a lifelong process. Anybody else being changed and transformed besides me? And so God is doing this work in our hearts and lives. And people that don't have a relationship with the Lord, they don't understand that. Sinners sin. That's what they do. They don't know any different sometimes. But when we come into this relationship with the Lord, God begins to transform our lives. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so as we begin this relationship with the Lord and we continue in this relationship with the Lord, He's working in our hearts and lives. Now, last week, I, I said some things that... Uh, that I was careful on how I said because I, we were talking about our words. And uh, I talked about why would we damn something? Why would we damn someone? So don't get all religious on me here. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share another story today. And it has a cuss word in it. I'm not going to say the cuss word, but you'll figure it out, okay? And, uh, you know, the thing I love about Jesus, he was real. You know, he hung out with these undesirable people and... And the religious leaders were always saying, oh, you're hanging out with a prostitute. You're hanging out with a tax collector. You're hanging out with this guy and that. You know, Jesus came for those of us that were sick and broken and needed some help. <laughs> Amen. And I love that Jesus was just real. I mean, I bet Jesus, you know, he was God, of course, but I bet he was really cool to hang out with. Because he was just down to earth kind of guy, you know. Uh, but I, I remember a number of years ago, uh, my wife and I went to visit her brother, my brother-in-law, and his wife and their family. And uh, so we were there for about a week, and my brother-in-law would have to go to work, and, you know, he would come and go. And, and uh, one afternoon, he said, hey, I'm going to an AA meeting. You want to go with me? I'm like, sure. You know, I'd never been to an AA meeting. And so we went, <clears throat> and there was this large room with, I don't know, probably several hundred people in there. And the smoke was like you could cut it with a knife. And I, I, I'm like, Roman, dude, look, I'm sorry, but I can't handle this. I'm choking. My eyes are burning. He said, well, they have another room off to the side, a non-smoking. I said, well, if you wouldn't mind, can we go to that, that room? And he said, yeah, sure. So we go there, and it's a smaller room, and there's maybe 20, 25 people. I don't know. And, and so they, they go around the room, and they hi, my name is Bob. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my name is Jane. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my name is Susie. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, I'm Larry. I'm an alcoholic. I'm changing my voice here. So different people. And so anyway, it comes around to me. And uh, I said, hi, my name is Mark. I guess I'm an alcoholic. I don't know. I used to drink a lot. But, you know, I, I gave my life to the Lord. And the Lord's been working that out. So anyway, they had their meeting. And, and there was discussion and everything. So afterwards, we stood up. And people were talking. And uh, this guy comes up to me, and he is so excited. It's like he's running up to me, and he's like, hey, you're a Christian? I said, yeah. He said, I'm an effing Christian, too. And he didn't say effing. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's nice. I, I don't normally hear those two words in the same sentence back to back. And I said, well, well, that's great. You know, and, and so we talked for a little while, and, and I prayed with them and his newfound faith, and that God would 
clean up his mouth a little bit? No, I don't think I prayed that. Not out loud anyway. But the thing was, is this, this man had come to the Lord. And I was excited about that. Because I'm still a work in progress. And, and so God is working in all of our hearts and lives. And when our hearts are changed, then our words begin to change. And our actions begin to change too. Because it's about this relationship with Him. It's about yielding to Him and saying, God, fix my broken life. My messed up life. Clean up my language. And because we will give an account to God for the things that we say. But I think God is looking at our heart. And I think God is a lot more gracious sometimes than we are. I've, I've found that, you know, I'm just being honest here. I've found that Christians can be some of the, ease, the, the most easily offended people on the earth. <laughs> you know, you, you try to speak to someone and they get all offended and you know God wants us to grow and when people are speaking into our lives especially godly things now I can speak death and curses I can choose to speak life and blessing I can speak words that tear down and cause dissension and cause division have you ever said well you know I probably shouldn't say this and what's the next words out of your mouth? But I'm going to anyway, right? <laughs> and many times, I think Holy Spirit is speaking to us and say, whoa, put the brakes on. Just keep your mouth shut. Or maybe it's just some good common sense saying, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> there are going to be consequences. But, you know, we've all been wounded by our words. And we've probably wounded, maybe knowingly, maybe unknowingly. But our sarcasm can wound. And, and we live in a, a society where there's a lot of sarcasm. Would you agree with that? Let's look at the definition of sarcasm. Words that speak a truth disguised with the intent to cut, cause pain, or make fun of someone. And we know what that's like because we've probably been, you know, in the middle of that on one side of the fence or the other. I remember uh, Steve and I worked with a guy. Uh, for a number of years, and uh, he so badly wanted to be accepted, but he was very wounded, and he, he would set himself up to be rejected. <laughs> I mean, the thing that he wanted, it, it's like he knew, or he thought that he was going to be rejected, and so he would set himself up so people would reject him, and I felt so sorry for that guy, and I know that uh, uh, we had a, a conference room, and we called it the 420 group. There was a group that met there in conference room 420. And I would go there on occasion and eat, and sometimes the conversation. But there was always a lot of sarcasm and just, you know, joking around. And people were getting hurt, you know, because uh, relations, relationships built on sarcasm, someone was always going to get hurt because you jab me. I'm going to jab you back. And so you jab me, I jab you. And it goes on and on and on. And then when somebody gets hurt, what, you know, oh, come on, man. I was just kidding. Oh, man, you're being too sensitive, man. I mean, come on. But our words have an impact. I remember there was a, a person that was coming to our church a while back. And uh, I heard that they were... Uh, making derogatory comments about the church and about me in the cafe area at our other building in front of some, some first-time guests. 
And the problem is, is they didn't know if what he was saying was true or accurate. And the results were that they were stirring up dissension and division. And so I, I confronted them and I asked them and I said, hey, I, I, you know, this is what I heard. And he's like, oh, man, I, I was just kidding. Really? You were making these derogatory comments about the church and about me in front of first-time guests? Do you think they knew that you were kidding? And so, you know, they were stirring up dissension and division. And there are people like that that you probably know in, in your life, maybe in the workplace that do that. And, uh, you, you know, it, it, it's not good. I remember uh, years ago, too, there was a, a couple that started coming to our church. His name was Alan. His, his wife's name was Kim. And uh, he was in the Coast Guard, and we lived in Corpus Christi. And so a lot of times people would come, you know, from other... They would be stationed at the uh, air station there in Corpus Christi. They'd be there for a few years and then leave. And so they were uh, part of that, that uh, group that uh, came and, and went. But um, so we, we met at church, and we began to develop a relationship. But uh, we began to be sarcastic toward one another. You know, kind of putting one another down, making these comments. And so one day I was talking to him and I said, hey, let's call a truce. Can we, can we just call a truce here? And let, let's just stop the sarcasm. Because, you know, again, somebody jabs you, you're going to jab them back. And it, where does it end? Until somebody says, wait, wait, this is not edifying. This is not building one another up. This is not encouraging. So we need a heart transfer. A transplant. We need the Lord's heart. We need to love him and love one another. And if we truly love one another, we're going to be speaking words that are going to be encouraging and building one another up. And I'm not saying that we, we never have a truth-telling session, that, that we speak honestly, but, but when we do that, let's do it with love. And let's have a relationship where somebody knows that I'm speaking into their life because I love them and because I care about them. Not because I'm trying to get back at them or I'm trying to jab them or anything like that. But the words that we speak have a lot of weight and power. And, and so, you know, there are times when we probably need to say, Lord, help me. Help me. Because the things that are coming from my mouth are a reflection of what's in my heart. Lord, where's this coming from? Is my sarcasm, is my putting someone else down so I can build myself up? Am I insecure that I have to put somebody down? Am I wounded? And so that's a defense mechanism. What is it? You know, sometimes we just need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, why? What, what is causing this to happen? And many times the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And it could come from way out here in left field, some place we didn't even expect. I've had that happen where I was wounded, and I didn't even know how wounded I was. And the Lord began to reveal some things to me, the root cause of what was causing me to act like that or to be like that or to say those things. So consider that our mouth is a fruit coming from a tree. It's our heart. Many times we don't even know the depth of our woundedness that's residing in our hearts. So words have weight, good and bad. Words can wound. My third point this morning is words last. 
you may think that, that words just evaporate. But they don't always just evaporate. You may be here today, this morning, and you may still hear the sting of words that were spoken to you as a child. Or maybe even as an adult. You know, it's interesting how <clears throat> things are highlighted in our life. You know, we can go back and look at our life from decades ago, and, and there are certain things that we remember. Or you can hear a song on the radio, and instantly it's almost like you can be catapulted back to that time, a certain time where there was a connection with that song and what you were doing. Maybe you could even smell some of the aroma of, of where you were at that time. It's interesting how things are highlighted in our lives. And uh, you may remember something that your parents said or someone said to you, good or bad. It, it's not always a bad thing, right? You may hear the, the life-changing words of a pastor or a coach, a teacher, your parent, or someone in your life. I remember when I was in eighth grade, I went to a private school. And it was a small school, and they had... Like, one of the classrooms had like, I don't know, I was in 8th grade, so they had like 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade in there, something like that. And so our teacher, his, his name was Mr. Harrison, and uh, he was a nice man. He, he was a nice man, and, uh, but we called him Harry for short. Well, part of that was his, his name was Harrison, but he was bald. So, you know, we called him Harry. But he, he, was, a, he was a nice man, and... <clears throat> I remember that one day we were in class, and he called me out. And I'm like, oh, no, what did I do, <laughs> you know? And he said, I want to talk about Mark Johnson for a few minutes. He said, here's a young man with a lot of integrity. He's, he's a, a leader. He's a young man that handles himself well. And he was saying all these things. All these affirming things to me. I didn't know I was going to get this emotional, but that was years ago. But I still remember that. I don't remember a lot of things about Mr. Harrison, but that's one thing that I remember. And so there is power in our words. Sherrod, come up here. Come on. Hurry up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Move it. Move it there. Here's a man that I love. Here's a man that's faithful. Here's a man that's committed. Here's a godly man. Thank you. Look at him smile. <laughs> you know, and, and here's the... <laughs> right on. <laughs> here's, all right, you can go back and be seated. There's two things that he'll remember from this sermon. The time the pastor called him up and embarrassed him. But I think he'll remember those words. Those words are true. Those words are edifying. They built him up. And so we have the same ability to speak life over people. And like I talked about last week, if you're, you're seeing a lot of negative things, find something positive to say about them. Speak life and blessings over one another. Let's stop the verbal damage and let's start speaking life and blessings. It doesn't cost us anything. 
right? Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. I love this in the scripture. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Hmm, what can I do to encourage them? What can I do to motivate someone to acts of love and good works? Well, I can think of a couple of things. I can pray for them. I can encourage them. I can speak words of life and blessing over them. Let us, all of us, think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Listen, we're living in a day where we need some encouragement. And I think the val- part of the value of the local church is that we come together. We spend time corporately worshiping, visiting. When we have our greeting time, I, I almost have to lasso you guys back to your seat. But that's okay. You know what? It's about this relationship. It's about authenticity and building these relationships. And so in, in, the, uh, in the fall, we're going to be kicking off life groups again. If you're not involved in a life group, you need to get involved in a life group. If you're in one, you need to stay involved because we build those relationships. We encourage one another throughout the week. So words have weight, good and bad. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your marriage? What are you speaking over your children? What are you speaking over your community? What are you speaking over your job? What are you speaking over your boss? Because the words that we're speaking may be reflective in what we're seeing. Maybe if we change the way that we talk, we change our perspective and say, God, you're doing something in this situation. It's uncomfortable, but you are stretching me. You are causing me to grow. You are causing me to persevere. You are causing me to pray for my enemies. Bless those who curse you, the word says. Are we that mature? Can we be a little more spiritually mature? Can we look beyond ourselves? And say, God, what is your purpose here? How can you use me to touch a hurt and broken life? A cactus person that you get next to them and they're sticking you. How can you you help me to love that person? It's only through this transformation. Because on our own, we won't love them. We won't care about them. Well, we will retaliate, not restore. And the word says that we're called to the gospel of reconciliation. Being reconciled with God through Christ and reconciling one another to Him and to each other. That's what He's called us to do. And we are the ones that get to make those decisions and choices. And whether we're going to do that or not. If we say something to build up or tear down. If we have the opportunity to say things to build up or tear down. Let's stop and think what we're saying. We may have a valid opportunity to rip somebody up. But also we have the opportunity to extend grace. Be kind to one another. Let's bless one another.
let's invest good things into one another. Our words can wound. Our words can help heal. Think about that. Somebody that's broken, somebody that's hurting, the right word at the right time can have a tremendous impact on someone. Let's be a catalyst to bring encouragement to the broken and wounded. Let's model love to each other. Holy Spirit can help us speak life and not death. So a few weeks ago, I gave us a church challenge and talked about it last week. I want to talk about it again. Let's hold each other accountable in speaking kindly to and about everyone. And when you walk by and if you hear someone speaking unkindly to someone or about someone, just say, busted, love you, brother. I mean, we can be nice about it. And we've, we've kind of done this sort of as a joke, but seriously, we can hold one another accountable. And I know it's working because I've been busted. And I, I know I've busted some people too. But it's done in love, right? But listen, if we begin to hold one another accountable, maybe the words that are coming from our mouths will change. And maybe hearts will be changed. Because... Maybe someone will realize, man, that person has Jesus in their life. They're not perfect. And I know they're a work in progress. But they look like I think a Christian should look like. They're saying things or speaking things that seem like something Christ would say. They're living lifestyles that Christ told us to live. They're loving like what the Bible says Jesus loved like. We can be the hands and feet of Jesus, but it starts with a heart being transformed. So I I gave us that challenge, and I want to continue to challenge us with that. If we see someone, or or even if we're, we're speaking unkind words to or about someone, maybe we need to stop and say, wait a minute, back up. Let's say something encouraging. Let's say something nice. So I have another challenge for us. Uh, Let's identify at least one person each day this week and speak life and encouragement to them. Just, you know, I mean, you can do that multiple times, right? Wherever you go, you can speak life and blessings over others. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're, you're here and the uh, Lord is speaking to you and you, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today. Or, or maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord and, and you know that today is your day. If you would just look at me and catch my eye. Anybody else? Anyone else? There's no shame in that. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. Maybe you're watching online as well. Uh, if that's you, would you just say this prayer? Just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And I receive your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness. And I thank you for it. I thank you that 
today is a new day. I thank you that today is a new beginning. I thank you that today all of that stuff from the past is gone and I am made new. I know that this may be a process, but I'm willing to yield. I'm willing to yield my heart. I'm willing to yield my life to you and make you not just Savior, but Lord of my life. And I thank you for this new beginning and this fresh start that begins today. And I want to pray one more prayer for those of you that prayed that prayer. Lord God, I pray that their sensitivity would increase and that they will hear your small, still voice speaking to their hearts. And that as they read the word and as they spend time in prayer, that they will hear your voice more clearly, that they will be able to differentiate your voice from the other voices in the world or self-talk or whatever, Lord God but you will develop their sensitivity to hear your small, still voice speaking to their hearts. Lord, I thank you for those that made this decision today. And I know that we rejoice as the angels in heaven rejoice as well. Thank you, Lord. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.